Well, good morning. It is Friday, and I am doing this a week ahead of time. So this is for the Friday that um, you will be listening to this. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. We're going to finish up with this one verse in Colossians today, and I'll have a few verses for you to look at. But uh, I appreciate you staying with me. I love uh, Colossians. I'm getting a, a lot of great help from, uh, again, commentaries like Wearsby's Bible Commentary and... Um, uh, Weiss's Greek commentary on the New Testament and the NIV study Bible. So Colossians chapter 1 verse 24 says, Now I rejoice in what has, was suffered for you, for you. It was suffered not before Paul, so that he could brag about his suffering, but he was suffering for uh, the Colossian church and really all the Gentiles. And I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of the body, which is the church. Uh, Paul's enemies made fact uh, much of the fact that he had been in prison. He had been a prisoner in Rome. Remember, this was written about AD 60, and he was a prisoner in Rome. And they tried to use it against him. The false teachers probably bragged to the Colossian church, saying, look, your great leader, your great hero is in prison. But Paul turned it around, and in verse 24, um, he says that, I rejoice. Um, how could he rejoice in this situation? He rejoiced because he knew that that's exactly what God had called him to do. And he knew that the word of God would not return void. And it was important for him to preach it. Uh, I believe it's Romans 1, 16, where he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm willing to pay the price for it. I'll look at uh, Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 and 11. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but I will accomplish, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent. Paul was very aware of these verses. A student um, of the Old Testament, he would be aware that the word of God would not return void. And so the price that was being paid by him was so worth it because he was willing to do this uh, because he knew the word of God would not return void. Look at uh, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. Philippians 3.10, Paul says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, uh, fellowship in his suffering and sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Becoming like him in his death, verse 11. And so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead, to, to be deserving, to be deserving, to be resurrected from the dead. He said, I want, to, I want to understand what Christ went through. Remember, he was looking back towards the cross. The disciples walked with Christ and looked forward to the cross and understood the cross and the resurrection. Paul being saved after the resurrection, having a, um, a visitation by Christ on the Damascus Road in Acts um, he changes his his entire life in Acts chapter 9, and he becomes this this missionary, really, to the Gentiles. Uh, you and I would have sent him with all of his training. Uh, we would have sent him back to the Jews. God, in his economy, is completely different. And all of the disciples truly looked forward to suffering for the gospel. They were willing to pay the price, in fact, feeling unworthy of suffering. Um, look at Acts chapter 5 and verse 41. We know that in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, there was a, a powerful outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 3. On the way to the temple, Peter 
uh, James and John, Peter and John, excuse me, on the way to the temple and ministered to the lame man sitting outside the, the gate, beautiful. And they reached down and they, and they, and they bring healing in the name of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and they have to pay a price for it in chapter four. And then in chapter, uh, chapter five and verse 41, it says this chapter five, verse 41, the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for his name. They were beaten. Um, and they, uh, they thought, they thought it was, uh, they, uh, wonderful and they rejoiced in the fact that they were willing, uh, or able to suffer for, uh, what they had done with, with God's word and what they were doing, um, um, in the name of Christ. And God was doing great things on the earth. The church was growing in such leaps and bounds. Everyone was freaked out about this and, and what are these guys doing serving this dead, um, you know, Jewish carpenter? And how can these things be happening? And uh, they counted it worthy that they were willing to um, or able to suffer for him. Look at First Peter chapter 4. First Peter chapter 4, verses uh, 15 and 16. It says this, if you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or as a thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a, a Christian, do not be ashamed for praise God that you bear that name. There is this willingness in their hearts to pay a price for uh, what what uh, what they believed and to pay a price for standing up for the gospel. Now, look back to verse 24, the second part of it says, I fill up my flesh with what is uh, still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of the body, which is the church. What Paul is not saying here is he was adding to what Christ has done. He was he was uh, taking a share of the suffering uh, because Christ had left something undone. What he was saying was, now I am uh, continuing to do what Christ did, and I am continuing in that uh, suffering. Jesus was the only one who could pay for our sins. Look at uh, John chapter 1, verse 29. The next day, uh, John um, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb, of the God, Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Paul wasn't saying I'm equal to Christ. Paul wasn't saying Christ left something undone. What he was saying was the continuation of the suffering that was imposed upon Jesus, the continuation of that would come to Christ's body as well and Christ's church as they did the work of God. And because of that, he was so willing and uh, he was in fact uh, rejoicing in the fact that he was found worthy to suffer uh, in the name of Christ. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 5. 2 Corinthians 1 5 says, For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows as well. And so not just the suffering overflows into the body of Christ, but also the comfort that comes from Christ because of the suffering. Um, and Paul says this in Romans chapter 8 and verse 18 as we bring this to a close. Romans chapter 8 verse 18 he says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. He was not even wor uh, uh, willing to put suffering in the same, um, the same sentence almost as the glory that would be revealed. The one day God would bring this glory. He would bring this to an end. And this, this whole um, Christian um, 
experience and this ministry will one day come to an end and there will be no more preaching or teaching um, and there will be a time uh, when all of that will cease. But what would, what should we do with with uh, these kinds of uh, messages? What should we do with what Paul is talking about, rejoicing and suffering? I mean, you know, we think suffering is if somebody doesn't like our Facebook post. Oh, we're persecuted. I only got two likes. Or we see signs downtown or we see uh, in Portland where somebody was burning Bibles, I guess. And we look at that as persecution. The world has gone through that forever. The United States hasn't faced anything like that. We are about to, I believe, on a, on a big scale. And I believe what it's going to do is it's going to bring about a revival. I, I believe we're going to see many, and I think we're already seeing many come to Christ because Christians are standing up for what they believe in, maybe for the first time in America in a long, long time, we're willing to say whatever it takes, I will stand up I will stand up and I will be willing and I will not be ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God. It's the power of God. We need to stand on the word of God. And the word of God, Isaiah 55 says, will not return void. Are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing to take a stand for the gospel? If you are, then you will face persecution and you will face some suffering, but it's not even worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Romans chapter 8, 18. Let me pray for us. Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. God bless you until we talk again. Have a great weekend.